Welcome to 15 to Life, the podcast that talks about life after life in prison. Come with us on a journey and explore stories from within the prison walls to outside the prison walls. All of these podcasts are dedicated to the victims of crime. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the podcast, 15 to Life, where we talk about life after having a life sentence in prison. I'm Tito, and I'm your host, and let's get into it. So this podcast is going to be talking about running store. So when you're incarcerated, and this could be county jail, prison, wherever it may be, the feds, it doesn't matter where you're at, you have multiple levels of hustling, right? And push come to shove... There are people in there that have stuff. And when I say have stuff, I mean, in general, they have support, right? So you can have stuff from hustling. You can have stuff from support. Or you can be the people that they got the best of both worlds. And they got some people that support them. And they got their hustle, right? So best is always to have both, right? You got to hustle to make some money on the inside. You might even have a prison or a jail job. County jail, they, to my knowledge... You know, you, there might be 1% to 10% of county jails out there actually have some jobs that pay, but for the most part, you're in there uh, not convicted yet, so they aren't going to pay you nothing because you're basically in stasis, right? In prison, there are jobs that pay, and, you know, if you, if, if you get one of the top-level jobs, you might make somewhere in between 20 and 50 cents an hour. So put that in perspective, and mind you, the cost of goods in prison is extremely more than they are out here in the free world so you put that 20 to 50 cents an hour into perspective uh top ramen soup that you can go to the dollar store and get like a pack of six of them for a dollar in prison one might be a dollar so that kind of puts it in perspective anyway let's get into it so running store what is running store well as i said there's multiple levels to hustling and when you hustle in prison or in county jail, you're, you're providing some kind of service for a monetary fee. And that monetary fee, obviously, you don't have cash or real money or credit or anything. So you can offer a few different things, right? You can pay with some kind of goods. And those goods can range from, I mean, everything from your state-issued clothing because you got some good stuff to... It, it might be your your state-issued food. You, you save up a bunch of your cornbreads or whatever, and someone might give you something for that. And, you know, so the 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 methods of payments might vary. Um, and then, of course, there's drugs and other contraband, whether it be tobacco, whether it be um, even things like pieces of metal that someone might want to make a weapon or whatever. Um, I'll never forget there was this plumber guy who had access to the the wood shop up in secure area right but you know he'd be out on the yard doing plumber work with the maintenance guy and so he would make stuff up in this wood shop and bring it down and while he's working on someone's you know sink or toilet this out he'd hand the stuff off to someone else and then you know he'd sell the stuff and i love to cook and i remember you know he he made me a bunch of really nice wooden spoons and stuff for cooking with and I know it sounds weird, but it's not like you could buy any freaking spoons anywhere else, you know, especially big, strong ones that you could really cook stuff with and stir up a big pot of stuff. So anyway, there's hustles all over the place. You know, some people iron clothes, some people wash clothes, 
Some people will buff out your shoes, you know, all kinds of stuff, right? Steal uh, supplies from their job. So you might have a like an administrative clerical job and, and you're taking like reams of paper and colored paper and paper clips and pens and pencils. People buy all that junk, right? And, and most of the time you get paid in canteen, right? And if you're doing a big hustle, like you're hustling a lot of stuff, you might actually ask the person to actually go to store for you and you give them a list and they go buy you exactly what you want. Maybe they send you a package full of stuff that you want or they even just send the money straight to you or someone you designate. And once that money hits or or lands on their books and it's verified, you guys are good, you're square, you're even and, and your transaction's done. And, and mind you, I hate to say it, like it's so comical how much these politics and things that we did in prison, holy shit, they relate entirely to everything out here. And I can't stand when guys getting out of prison, especially long-term incarceration, act like they don't know what the hell to do. And I'm like, you already know, just transfer, just, just like we always talk about transferable skills in the professional workforce, right? You know, you might have been a stay-at-home mom, but you coach three soccer teams, you help run the PTA, and you did, man, you got leadership skills, you got organizational skills, you have team building skills, you have all this stuff, it's transferable, right? Well, here we go. These guys would barter and do these exchanges. They would hustle and charge people. And then what do people have? They have credit. No shit. It is the exact same out here in the real world. The difference is, is you're paying with your actual money. And what happens? You charge stuff. You don't pay right away. You pay it off later and you develop good credit. Well, guess what? In prison, it is the exact same thing, except the credit score is basically public knowledge on the yard. People will run a credit check on your ass. I'm trying to tell you, they will call up other people in other buildings. And when I say call up, I mean they'll call them out to the yard and be like, hey, man, Tito said he's been doing business with you, that he ran up a $250 debt, told you he'd pay it in 30 days, and he paid it in 25. Is that true? Boom. That person is going to vouch for me. And now I have outstanding credit with this other person, probably for double the amount. It's crazy. I know it sounds so stupid, but it's so real. That these things happen just like they do out here in the free world, but it's on a different level, right? So needless to say, everyone has hustles. And, and I know you're probably thinking this whole story is on running the store and hustling. Trust me, it's not. It's about to go very dark in a minute. But anyway, I'm in county jail. Hadn't even been to prison yet, so I don't know about all that stuff. But I'm getting schooled up because I've been in county I think at the time, about a year and a half. So I'm damn near done. I'm getting ready to go to trial and everything. But I run store. Now, I'm a trustee, so I have full access to walk around the whole building. There's six pods in the building. A, B, C, D, E, F, right? A, B, C is on one side of the building. D, E, F is on the other side. So I worked on the ABC side, but I could go over to D, E, F, and I could take stuff from one side to the other. You know, So I had multiple ways of hustling. But one of my biggest ones was I ran store. Running store basically means I kept a surplus of items. And it's usually the stuff people really want, like the candy bars, the honey buns, soups, hygiene products, you know, soap and, and uh, shampoo and things like that. I, I kept all this stuff. And when someone needed something, it was two for one. So if you got a soup off of me, you owed me two. And yeah, if you would get like five soups, I, I wouldn't charge you 10. I might charge you eight, right? So the more you get, you get a little bit of a discount, right? Because I know I'm winning either which way. 
and I pretty much knew who went to store because people had to turn their store lists in, right? And I was the one that picked them up. So, like, you're, you're not going to work your way around me. So, needless to say, uh, B-Pod was uh, uh, ALS pod. And that, ter- that term or those letters stood for alternative lifestyle. Basically, homosexuals. And some of these were, like, hardcore dudes. You know what I mean? They just happened to, they like messing around with other dudes. So, when they came in, they said, you know, I'm gay. Put me up in that pod so that they could mess around. And that that's just them. But they were, I I had to go in and clean. I had to go in and pick up canteen slips and all that other stuff. But there wasn't any other kind of interaction. They were always kept separate from, from the general population, right? So needless to say, this guy, this white dude shows up and um, like does a little money check. I bring him his money check. I can see, you know, he's, he's got like hundreds of bucks on his books. So, boom, good credit, right? So, he hollers at me, yells at me, and says, hey, man, I heard you run store. I go, yeah, what do you need? He gives me this laundry list. I'm talking about a gang of stuff, a whole bunch of stuff, right? So, I get a big old bag, soups, zoom zooms and wham whams, you know, a bunch of, you know, cupcakes and donuts and all kinds of crap. And I load it up, man. I'm talking about, I'm like, woo, this dude, he, and, and didn't even ask for a discount. He's like, don't trip, I got you. And I'm like, cool. I'm like, oh, man, you know, like, I forget, but we, I think we could go to the store like 70 bucks or something like that. Like, basically, his whole store was going to go to me. And so I'm thinking to myself, he's going to end up owing me for a little bit longer, which is cool because that means I, he's going to have to pay more interest. So I'm probably going to get a good three, four weeks of just interest off this guy, you know, <laughs> you know, venture capitalism at his finest. So I go ahead and I, I drop off his bag. Canteen comes around. He turns in a list. I don't even look at it. He turns it in, but he didn't. He didn't get the stuff I need, right? So I go up and I'm like, "Hey, man, uh, what's up?" He's like, "Oh, man, I really need to get this stuff, man. Man, next week I got you because we went to store every week, right?" So I'm like, "All right, all right." So next week comes, I look. He has a majority of stuff on the list, so I just kind of hit him up and I'm like, "Hey, man, what's up?" And he's like, "Look, I'm gonna give you half now and half next week." And I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, I can work with that. You know, I'm still, what he's about to give me that week basically pays for and then some what I gave him. So it's not that big a deal. Cool, man. I'll work with you. So I leave, turn in a slip. He gets the stuff. He doesn't give me anything. Mind you, I can't, even if I want to do something to him, I can't get to him except for when he goes to chow because I give out the dinner trays and the breakfast trays. But if I do it then, I lose my little job. I lose my ability to hustle and I get moved out of the building the whole nine. So I'm like, okay, this dude's playing me because he thinks I'm not going to do anything. I'm like, all right. So next week, turns in the list. I get it and I walk out. But when I walk out, I get away from where the cops can see me. And I look. I look at his list. He didn't have my stuff on there. So I just throw his list away. Boom. Toss it. Turn everything else into the cops canteen comes around he doesn't have anything he starts asking he's like i turned i turned into him and they all look at me and i go man i turned in all the slips i i think he's tripping he didn't give me nothing so then i get called because he he basically drops a kite which means you know he puts down on a little piece of paper that you know i'm I'm trying to extort him and i threw his list like all this stuff so the cops call me out back and they're like hey man what's up with, with you and this dude and i go look check it out man this dude got some stuff off me. 
And yeah, he owes me, but whatever. I'm I don't even care. But as far as I didn't touch his canteen slip, I was like, you don't you don't trust me, have someone else pick it up, but I don't I have no time for that dude. They're like, all right, all right, all right. So I go back into the unit. He's like, Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get fucked up and yeah, this that, and the other thing. And when you get to prison, you know, I, I hang around with all the whites and the Sudanios, the southern Mexicans, right? He's like, Yeah, they're gonna stab you, they're gonna kill you for messing with me and all this stuff. And I'm like, Yeah, all right, whatever, dude. I don't know what you're talking about, you know, whatever. <clears throat> and so one of the, the black dudes that's in the pod, he calls me over and he's all, Hey man, what's up with dude? And I go, Oh, you know, man, he uh uh and mind you all the cells got these speakers that you hit a button and, you know, it calls up the guard, but they can also listen into your cell. So what we would do is like wet up a bunch of toilet paper and you can cover it up and it muffles everything, but they can still kind of hear. So we're talking real quiet at the edge of the door and he got his speaker covered up so they can't really hear. But I'm just like, yeah, man, you know, oh boy owes me some money, but it's all good. You know, I, I, I'd rather lose 20, you know, and he ain't got nothing coming because Mind you, so when you're locked up in the cell in county uh, to get, like, hot water to make your soup, like, your cell, you don't have boiling water. Matter of fact, you try and get that water hot, you might be able to get a, a top ramen to where it's not real crunchy, but it's still, it's not going to cook, right? So you rely on the trustees, like I was, to run hot water. We would go fill up cups of hot water and pour it through the door. I'm sure you guys seen it on lockup. So I, this guy had nothing coming, nothing. And the messed up thing was his celly had nothing coming because of him. And his celly knew it. And it's it's kind of like, uh, like they, they do that kind of stuff in the military too. You know, the weakest person like everyone else kind of gets on them to, to get them to straighten up. So his celly's like ready to beat his ass because now he's getting punished for what he's doing, right? Needs to say this black dude's like, man, don't trip. He's going to get his. And I'm like, man, I don't even care. Be honest. I, I hustle and, you know, I don't always win. So it's all good. So, and, and, and here's where running a store and a weird situation goes totally dark and evil. And it's what a lot of people hear about and <clears throat> they think, you know, how many times I've been asked uh, about this kind of stuff. And people think it happens all the time and it doesn't, but it does happen. And I always tell people crazy shit and evil shit and stuff that you you hope would never happen to you or anyone you care about it does happen so needless to say i get up and mind you we get up super early in the morning like you know in between 3 30 and 4 30 depending on what time the food starts showing up we get up real early to set up for breakfast and get everything ready right so i, I get up in the morning and i come out to sell I just got finished brushing my teeth and i walk in a little back hallway so the building's set up like a big u but it's divided in the middle like i said abc DEF on the other side and then the 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 cop tower the control tower is right down the middle it splits the building in half so the person that's up in that tower or it's I mean it's only two tiers so it's not like tall or anything but they basically from that from that room can see the entire building right like a fishbowl and um you walk to the back and then it's like this it's kind of like a U with a, a straight line over the, the uh, upside down U with a straight line at the bottom of it so you go to that line in the back and it kind of goes down each each side and then there's an exit door and an entrance door on each side and uh they have little holding tanks and holding rooms when you're going out to court or when you're coming in whatever right so i walk in the back and i notice they have these two isolation cells they call them iso cells right 
And usually if someone's screwing up or if there's just one person and, and they want to leave them somewhere where there's a bathroom, they put them in there. Or if someone really screws up, they throw them in there and they, they have like a little slider. They can shut the window so you can't see anything. You just see the walls in the cell, right? So I walk out. I see both ISO cells are shut with the window shut. And I'm thinking, oh, man. All right, who got into it in the middle of the night? I wonder what happened, right? So I come walking through the hall. And I guess, you know, there's like the window. And right below the window is like uh, a real thick um piece of metal but it's like mesh you know it's like a breather hole where you can kind of talk through it right and if you look you can kind of see but not really you can tell when people are walking by and stuff and i hear someone go tito right and i'm like yo what's up like come here so i look around make sure ain't no cop in the hall and i walk over i'm like who's that man and it was a black dude that i was talking to like two days ago up in the als pod right he's all what's up homie what's up man Hey, I took care of that for you. And I'm like, you what? He's all, remember what we talked about? And so now I'm looking around like, oh, man, don't get me in. Like, what the hell is this fool talking about? I'm like, what, what's up, man? He's like, man, just, man, you good. He got it. Tell you that. He got it, right? And I'm like, what the hell, right? So I'm just like, whatever. And I walk off. I'm like, all right, man. All right, homie. And I, I start walking down the other side of the hall. And I can hear someone just crying, but not like, not like, you know, like, more like the, you know, that, that like balled up on the floor crying in the fetal position. And I'm like, what the hell? So I'm thinking like, maybe, uh, maybe this dude like beat beat someone up I, I i really didn't know what was going on not to mention i just woke up not too long ago right so the breakfast carts come in we start pulling stuff in and then uh i see uh, a bunch of cops come in investigative unit and stuff and i see him take the the white dude the one who owed me the money out of one of the cells and i mean they like rush him up out of there i'm like what the hell and then they come get the black dude and they take him out the other way. And he just turns around, like gives me the, the head nod, like, all right, then, you know, and walks off. And I'm like, what the hell happened, right? So we do breakfast and everything. I go up to one of the cops I'm kind of cool with and, and, you know, just say, hey, um, what happened? Uh, what happened with all them? They're like, oh, man, it's uh, crazy shit, man. And I go, yeah, like how how crazy. Oh man, well they're taking they're taking a little white boy because he was, he was a little dude, you know what I mean. And this black dude was like a big dude. He was like not super tall, probably like five eight, five ten, but a cool like two thirty, two forty, like big barrel dude, right? Big dude. And uh, I'm like, what what happened? And he's like, well they're taking the white dude to um, uh, go get a rape test. I'm like, rape test? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, he, wait, what? I'm like, he's in the ALS pod, so ain't that kind of what they do anyway, right? And he's like, nah, well, apparently uh, the other guy uh, got his celly to, to switch with him. He went in there, and he basically raped him all night until we found him in there in the middle of the night. And I was like, no freaking way. I said, yeah, like, beat him, had his mouth tied up the whole nine, and and it was just in there raping them. And I'm like, holy shit. 
Now, mind you, I didn't know this black dude for nothing. He sure as hell didn't owe me. I mean, obviously, this dude was a predator anyway. Just, I mean, let's be real. I'm sure he was looking for an excuse to do something to someone. It just so happens my hustle, my running store, my interactions with this this white dude made him the best target in that pod, right? Like the dude is breaking the rules. He's crossing the line. He's putting other people at risk. He's small. He's gay, so he quote-unquote likes it or whatever, right? And so this dude's just like, screw it. Like, there goes, that's my victim. And he took him. And I'm not going to lie. At the time, now I look back like that's horrifying and horrible. And, oh, my God, I I don't wish that on anybody. But at the time, I'm not going to lie. I was like, you know what? All that shit he was talking from behind that door while he was protected, he got what, you know, karma's a bitch and she she don't play that. She came back and got you all night long, you know, and don't get me wrong. I'm saying that that was my state of mind at the time being, you know, locked up for a year and a half, not knowing what was going to happen with my life. I was just like that. That's why you don't you don't burn people because eventually you get burnt back. But, um, yeah, like crazy, just crazy. So do people get raped? Hell, yes, they do. Is it always like a rape rape where like that? No. Sometimes it's something that people are doing what they do and then it becomes a little something more. And next thing you know, someone's screaming rape. But it happens, man. And and mind you, for me just hustling, running my little store, um, something horrible happened to someone. And then like who knows what that dude ended up, you know, getting. Like, he probably caught a rape case, and probably because it was in while he was incarcerated, he probably got a whole bunch of other stuff thrown on top of it. Um, and then that dude that actually got raped, I mean, he was already kind of a jackass in my book, but is that going to change him? The fact that he got raped and probably beat up by this dude, you know? And then not to mention, it was a different race, so now is he going to have racial issues and everything? You know what I mean? It's like, so many things happen, you know, and, and it's the whole Bruce Lee, the pebble in the water, the the ripples, like, how one thing set so many things into, you know, so many different chain reactions into, into a motion, you know? So... Anyway, I mean, crazy how running store and just trying to have a hustle and trying to kind of turn, you know, 50 bucks I might get from my parents into 100 goes into something so crazy, right? But that's just how things go. So anyway, um, I know some people have been asking for more prison stories. I've been doing the Monday motivation, motivation Monday stuff and everything. So I, I wanted to get back into some of these prison stories and, and if you're looking to hear some more insight and some crossover uh, as well, check out my boy, Ron Rath. Um, he's got a YouTube channel. It's awesome. It's uh, 30 to life because when he came in, he had 30 to life. Um, we were both lifers when we met. And ironically, we both had the exact same attorney get our life sentences overturned pretty much for the same reasons, which is just crazy. But needless to say, we're, we've been brothers ever since. I love Ron to death. Check him out. He's awesome. Um, 30 to life once again on YouTube and Instagram. Anyway, this is Tito with another one of these prison stories. Catch y'all next time.